Hello guys, and thank you for listening or watching another episode of Live Free Podcast, where I talk about living a life of freedom, rest, and expansion in Christ Jesus. I just want to jump on here really quick, and I had a little time between my doctor's appointments. I'm doing all the yearly physicals and all of that good jazz, and so I just wanted to get on here and um, just kind of speak on the topic of godly wisdom in relationships godly wisdom using godly wisdom in relationships and i've been um god has been putting this word in me for probably over a week now so i just want to get this out and um, i just want to talk a little bit about the different types of relationships as it relates to the word of god and just kind of um, have the holy spirit to impart you know his wisdom into us um you know just so we can kind of get a uh, to get some direction and some sense of uh, clarity as it relates to all kinds of relationships that I think that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, a day-to-day -day basis. And the thing about it, you, you know, I spoke this before, you know, relationships are vitally important, uh, divine connections, uh, knowing what the purpose of someone, uh, friendship or relationship, be it family, you know, uh, be it business, food, the relationship we have with food, the relationship that we have with um, our children, our grandchildren, the relationships that we have with so many uh, different people. Let's see, dating, marriage, business relationships, uh, relationships as it deals with um, um, just so many things, co-workers in work relationships, church um, relationships with church. And I just want to uh, just pray first. Um, Holy Spirit of the living God, I just pray that I would decrease and I pray that you will increase right now, Father. I pray, Lord God, that you would use me to give me the tongue of the learned, that I will know how to speak a word of wisdom in, this, in, a, in the season, Lord God. Speak a word in season to those that are weary or just those that are looking for some clarity, some direction, and some godly wisdom, oh God. And I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are my teacher. You are my God. I thank you for showing me things to come, how to pray, what to pray for, and how to minister to your people, Father. And so I give you all the glory and the praise and the honor in the matchless name of Jesus. I take authority over every spirit of religion, every spirit of uh, mind control, every spirit of uh, manipulation or narcissism that would try to keep the people of God in bondage in the name of Jesus. I pray that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened and that we will have ears to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. In Jesus' holy and precious name, Lord, we thank you for sending your angels right now to minister as you would have them do in Jesus' name. So, Father, so I just thank God for this word. I'm just going to go off the cuff. Look, guys, I left my notebook at home. Um, I left, uh, you know, I was supposed to bring the page that I had. You've written a few scriptures on, but nevertheless, uh, I got the word in me. So I'm going to go ahead and um, get started. And so let's just talk about godly relationships. And this is just a casual uh, but godly conversation. Um, and we're just going to talk about relationships, you know. And I think it was seven different um, topics that God gave me. Marriage and dating being one. Um, so let's start with the marriage and dating relationships. Let's start with godly wisdom. Um, and let's start with... Um, that topic because I believe that that is a high profile 
topic and it's a very sacred topic topic to God when we talk about marriages and how uh, marriage uh, the two are one flesh in the eyes of the Lord and in the Word of God so as I'm speaking right now you know I just want to say guys in relationships it's not a one-size-fit-all when it comes to using godly wisdom in relationships we as believers just have to be led by the Holy Spirit, right? We have to be led um, and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in all truth in every type of relationship. The foundations to any relationship, guys, is God first, even over marriage. And I think sometimes, sometimes, not all the times, in marriages, now I've been single, I've been married, and I'm divorced, okay? So... I think sometimes in married relationships, um, sometimes in married relationships, we kind of sometimes put even our spouses above God, right? Um, we are as one in the eyes of God, but at the at the the thing that God shows me with marriage, even though we are submitted as women, we are submitted to our husbands, right? And 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 husbands just the same, you know, we're submitted to each other out of reverence for Christ, right? And the husband is ahead of the wife, you know, and he's ahead of the home. But I think look, what God wanted me to hone in on with this one is when you leave this earth and when your time has expired, when you stand before the living God to be given account for your life you're not going to stand before the living God to give an account for your life standing with your husband or standing with your wife and so I think that in that respect we have to know that we have a relationship with God individually as married people and corporately as a unit I'm gonna say that again we as people we have a relationship with God individually and corporately and sometimes I think that we think because we're married that that is going to suffice when being obedient to God or just if God telling us to do something. Now, God knows the, the mind of the person. He knows he created people. He's not, he doesn't, it's not like he don't know who we, who we are uh, married to or the person that we are uh, one with because he created that individual. So Things are still done in order, you know, and, and when I say that, it's not just, okay, obey God, but, you know, not let my husband or wife know about what I'm doing. That's not what I'm saying. There's always order in the kingdom of God, right? But what I am saying is when you stand before a living God, you're going to have to give an account for your life. You're not going to have to give an account. It's kind of like Adam and Eve. I'll go back to the garden. This is what the Holy Spirit is bringing up right now. When you go back to the garden, they both had to give an account to God. Did you, um, if you pay attention to the book of Genesis, you'll see how God had a word for Eve and he had a word for Adam. He had a word for both of them in being disobedient. And even Adam, Adam said, the woman that you gave to me gave me the fruits, right? But God said, what did I tell you? So we have to know as individuals, we have our own relationship with the Lord. And that's not going to be an excuse for anything that we do in our life. Now, God knows that we work as a unit. He know the personality. He know the mannerisms. He created people. He know us inside and out. So I'm not saying just run right over your spouse and just do what God is saying. I'm saying you pray about it and God will then begin to speak to your spouse. 
But sometimes in certain situations, you have one spouse that's saved and another spouse that has not yet known the Lord. And in that regard, we still obey God, but we just make sure that we're covering the spouse in the blood of Jesus and we're praying for them to be saved, right? So I think that's vitally important because a lot of times what I see with Christians or believers that are married, they think because they are married that that supersedes obeying the word of God. And because the husband or the wife said it, I need to do it or I need to be in agreement with it. Now, let me say this. Let me say this. And this is a hard thing when you're married. And I know personally, because again, I was married. Now I'm divorced. It's a hard thing when you have to obey God because of sometimes your partner or your, you know, your spouse or your um, wife or your husband wants you to go against the things of God. That's where we draw the line in the sand as believers. We have to draw the line in the sand when it comes to being disobedient to the word of God as it relates to our spouse. Now, I'm not saying that uh, we have to pray and allow God to deal with them, but that has nothing to do with our actions that we do as an individual. It has nothing to do with our beliefs and our actions because you can't, if, if, if your spouse leads you out of the will of God and, and leads you on the path of hell and destruction, you can't come before God and say, hey, well, you know, I was married to this man or I'm married to this woman and she, um, you know, I thought I was obeying you by obeying her. And a lot of times you'll find that the enemy is very cunning and he's crafty when it comes, especially to marriage, because he knows that the word of what the word of God says about marriage. So sometimes you'll have a situation where that person is in total disobedience to the word of God. And because and you and you think you're in the will of God or you're obeying the word of God because you're obeying that person because they are your spouse. When the Bible talks about two becoming one flesh, that is a spiritual thing. That is a thing. It's it's uh, to be intimate, right? He's talking in the, along the lines of a good example would be he giving me another scripture, the woman at the well, right? When Jesus was at the well and he asked the woman for water, and she and he talked about her having five husbands. You know, go 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 get your husband or bring him back. Or I'm paraphrasing, but then she was like, I don't have a husband. And he, and he said, you're right. And the one that you're with is not your husband either. So why did he refer to those men to her as husbands or as a spouse? Because he knew that she was intimate, sexually intimate. And so when the Bible says the two will become one, it's talking about intimacy and sexual intercourse when you become one, right? So a lot of times I think that we are because Jesus would have never told her to go get her husband or tell her the other five that she had wasn't her husband either if he wasn't trying to relate that to an intimacy thing, right? He knew she wasn't married, but he knows that when you have a soul tie with that person, that's what joins you to that person. So this is why the Bible says we're not to have sex outside of marriage because you are spiritually soul tied to that person until those soul ties are broken. So I'm saying all of this to say that we both, as individuals, we we have a, a a personal relationship with God, and then God has an assignment for us corporately when we are in relationship in a marital relationship. So we have to be very careful that we're not disobeying God at the expense of obeying our wife or, or obeying our husband. And I've seen this time and time again. And what I love about the Bible is the Bible gives you 
good examples on what godly marriages are and it gives you good examples on what ungodly marriages are you have ahab and jezebel right samson and delilah we can keep going you have godly relationship isaac and rebecca we have different relationships that god will show us how the dynamic of marriage works and when it's when god is in it versus when it's a worldly thing right that's why the bible says we're um um but God is joined together, let no man separate. A lot of relationships, God didn't join together. So we have to be very careful, you know, when it comes to that in marriage and in dating. Let's talk a little bit about dating. So dating and relationships, um, overall with all these relationships, the foundation is love and the foundation is respect for the word of God, the fear of the Lord. So in dating, we know that there are boundaries that we are not to cross until we're married. So I, I can speak on this because I actually clearly dated before I got married. It's just lines that we're not supposed to cross that put us in a, in a compromising position of our faith when we are dating, right? We have respect for all people, right? And we don't, if we know that we are weak in certain areas, we just don't put ourselves in positions to be compromised the word of God or the plan and the purpose of God. Because I'm here to tell you right now, it was one time I was dating this guy and this is when I first got saved. I think I had been saved, I want to say a year or two. And I was dating this guy that I thought God told me was my husband. Listen to this. And so I'm dating him, right? Me thinking God told me this was my husband. But how many of you know when God tells you somebody is your spouse, if he reveals that to you, he always tell the other person that's involved. He will never tell just one person. That's a red flag for the enemy in and of itself. If you, if God has told you someone is your husband, but that person that he's told, that told that person who he spoke to you about, don't know, it's vitally important that you use discretion and wisdom and not speak that out until God has confirmed to both of you, not just one of you. Because I'm here to tell you the enemy will morph into whatever you want him to be for you. And so when I expressed that to him, which was the number one mistake, he was like, oh okay yeah you know because this is a good catch right but he wasn't really that wasn't the plan of god for my life right started coming to church with me started you know all this stuff but i'm saying all of this to say we was um dating did we begin to date we never slept together but we began to date and i can remember kissing him and heard the spirit of the lord in my right ear say it's better to marry than to burn while i was kissing him now, it never escalated to that, and I thank God for that word that came forth. But I'm here to tell you there are boundaries that you just don't want to cross. I'm not saying that you can't kiss, you can't hold hands, you can't spend time with people when you're dating. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but I don't, do know a lot of times God will speed, speed that thing up. <laughs> and you will be married. Like when God has joined you together and you both are aware of God putting you together, then... God would sometimes speed that thing up lightning fast and especially mature, more mature Christians as well. You know, even if you're not mature, it just depends on the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit wants to move, you know, with your situation and with your spouse or your future uh, partner. So the foundation to everything, you know, when you're dealing with relationships, you want to make sure that you are in agreement with the word of God. 
you want to make sure that you're not putting yourself in a compromising position as it relates to even marriage, you know, not compromising um, the word of God to appease the person or to, um, you know, just get over or do whatever you're doing. You know, we don't operate like that in the kingdom of God, you know, and I know nobody's perfect and we don't have it all together. But the Bible says, you know, um, if any man lacks wisdom, ask and God gives freely. So ask God. And then also another pertinent piece of information is ask God the reason why someone is in your life. If you feel like God has called you to someone and he's told you he's, you're to marry someone, ask him to show you, show you. Lord, if this person is for me, show me, give me confirmation. And I think I, I spoke about this before on another video about how this lady went on a three-day fast. That's why I tell people, if you want to know what's, what God is saying, there's something about the, uh, the three-day fast. And I understand that God is a three-dimensional God. He's a three-dimensional God. And that number three is significant. It's significant for multiple reasons. You know, God, you know, peace be still, let there be light. Three words. On the third day, Jesus rose again. The, the number three, the number of uh, the Father, Son, the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Um, Three-dimensional. God is a three-dimensional God. So a lot of times, you know, he will send, you know, uh, someone to bear witness with what he's speaking to you or prophesy to you or just give you a word or a total stranger or a license plate or a number. God always provide a way of escape. And I'm telling you, when that dream, that I mean that dream, that uh, testimony that lady had when she went on a three-day fast, and when she went on that three-day fast, the guy who she was dating, who was the perfect guy, she said would seem to be, accidentally but called her. And she heard his whole conversation with another woman. And this was a guy she was engaged. She was going to get really serious about. Okay. And he didn't even know he called her. But how many of you know, God, there's nothing hidden that shall not be revealed. The Bible says, and every lie will be swallowed up in the truth. So I just implore you, if you're not sure, if you're dating someone or if God has said something to you about it, you better know that you know that you know. Because I'm telling you right now, had I married that guy that I thought God said was my husband, I was in for a world of warfare uh, on a scale I wasn't even ready for as a new believer. I wasn't ready for. And um, and, as, and a lot of it is his background. His um, I found this out. His mom, you know, she had mental illness. And um, it was just a lot going on in that family. His mom lived with him. And, and it was a lot going on in their genealogy and their you know, uh, background heritage. They were from the island of St. Thomas. And I'm telling you right now, there were so many uh, spirits of witchcraft and divination that uh, the enemy wanted to get me wrapped up in something that was absolutely horrible. So I just want to say, be vigilant and be cautious. Let's go to the next thing. I talked about marriage and dating. Let's talk about the relationship as it relates to, let's see, uh, we deal with so many things. Let's deal with friendships. So, you know, when we're dealing with friendships and we're dealing with commu like communication and we're dealing with friendships and relationships, you know, with people, um, trying to get this light right, guys. We're dealing with relationships and we're dealing with people. Friendships are vitally important. And I say this because when God get ready to bless you, he sends a person. And when the enemy, enemy get ready to mess you up, he sent a person. So you have to know and be able to discern with the wisdom of God, what is the purpose of that relationship in your life? 
what is the purpose of that relationship and a lot of times you know i know how in times past for me god has told me to separate myself from lifelong friendships that i've had with people lifelong friendships i'm talking about people that i've been knowing and then uh you know 15 years 30 years um or just you know coming into if God is bringing you into a new season a lot of times people don't have the spiritual and mental capacity to uh, walk that walk with you as God opens that door and take you into a new season as God take you from glory to glory and new levels in him it's gonna require sacrifice and it's gonna require you to come up higher and that's even I'm gonna lump that in even with church God would never, you would never supersede your leader. You would never, God would never absurd authority. So he'll either, if he's growing you spiritually, he would either bring that pastor, apostle, or prophet, or whoever you're under, that teacher up to another level, or he's going to remove you from the church altogether. I'm going to say that again. God will never absurd authority. You would never go as high as the your leader because they can only teach you the revelation that they have and if you have a thirst and hunger because this happened to me if you have a thirst and hunger for righteousness and that pastor or teacher apostle prophet or evangelist or whoever you're under the bishop if that level of revelation is not being taught in that church or in that ministry that you are in and but god is not going to penalize you because they have not come up to a higher place so what he'll begin to do is either bring them up higher so that he's they're able to teach you, he or she, or he'll remove you from that ministry altogether and put you in a place where there, there is a higher level of revelation. Because how many of you know all we know isn't all there is to know? And a lot of times, a lot of leaders in the body of Christ don't want to talk about this or don't want us saying this because what that does is it takes members or it takes church members from the church which ultimately means the uh, money goes away okay so it's a lot of people that that is uh in leadership that have a hard time of separating money or members from your spiritual growth it's kind of like being on a job and you've outgrown the role and it's time for you to be promoted, but your boss or your co or your 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 HR or whoever it is, re the the manager refuses to elevate you and to promote you or even allow you to go to another department because they need you in that department to keep it running the way it's running, or they need your skill or expertise or your skill set right but you know inside that you've outgrown the role and that it's time for you to go higher and you're being held back sometimes being good at what you do is a detriment to your growth when you're under the wrong leadership and it's a difference between being a covering and being a lid i'm gonna say that again there is a difference in being a covering and being a lid you could be a covering, right, for, for, for a ministry, and you can smother and push people down. And you have to know when it's time to fold them, right? You could be in an amazing ministry, and God may have you to sit there for five, ten years. Or you can be in a ministry two months. You can be in a ministry one year, and God wants to move you. But that's going to all depend on your level of growth, because God will not penalize you for wanting more of him. Let me say this again.
God is not going to penalize you and make you stuck some stick somewhere where the, the ministry is not growing to penalize you for wanting more of him. Because the Bible says that those that thirst and hunger for righteousness shall be filled. God will not push you down and penalize you. It's kind of like even in marital relationships, you, you, you're, you're more spiritually, uh, you know, grow uh, mature than your spouse. But I'm here to tell you, God is not going to penalize you because he not, he's, or she's not growing. Okay. So this is why it's vitally important to be equally yoked. You can be unequally yoked and still be saved. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. You can be unequally yoked and still be saved. And both of you still be saved as, as, as a married couple, as a, as a, you know, dating. This is why you have to allow the Holy Spirit to do it. Because even if it's God's doing, he will bring that other person up to par. He will bring them up to par if they want to be brought up to par. I'm going to say that again. He will never override our will. He will bring them up to par. So this is vitally important as it relates to relationships, you know, and friendships. I'm going back to friendships that this is why some of the relationships I had to sever and God had to remove me from because the Bible says in, um, I believe it's uh, Corinthians 15:33 or Colossians that bad company corrupts good character. Now let's say the company is not even bad company because some of the relationships I had to sever, they were saved. But there was things that God wanted to do in me that required him to elevate me. And what I learned is, that's why I say you can be unequally yoked and still be saved. Because the, one of the relationships God cut and severed at one point in my life, we were both super close, saved besties, right? But as I, as I continue to grow and as, as I continue to mature in the things of God, Sometimes people like to stay where they're at, they're comfortable. Or it's compromise involved. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying that just ask and pray and ask God, what is the reason for this person being in your life? And I think I've mentioned this before on here. I had this one girl that befriended me. And I asked God, what was the purpose of her being in my life? Was this a real friend? Because it was something about her charismatic style that just didn't sit right with my spirit. Even though she was saying, Lord, Lord. Even though she was saying Jesus, it was something that I, it prompted me, the Holy Spirit quickened me to ask. And I heard so loud and clear witchcraft. And as time went on, because I didn't say anything to her about it, I just allowed God to, you know, tell me it came, it came to pass exactly what God had shown me was true. And I'm not going to get into all the details about that because I want to stay on track. But yes, yeah, some things that she was involved in involved witchcraft. And I actually ministered to her about it. And then she she just was unwilling to part ways with it. It was uh, She was an Eastern star, I think. And then she was doing all these different potions with uh, cookies to give to you know people for sex and all that. So all of that is witchcraft, okay? So, but I didn't know all of this 
God told me witchcraft first, but I had to, it's, I seen it play out as I would still talk to her on a daily, I would still talk to her. I was still, but I, I kept my distance, right? I still, I wasn't mean, you know, when God, when God separates us from people, it's not that we're more high than those people. It's not that we know more than them. It's, it's just a matter of your direction and where you're going in Christ. And sometimes with people, they don't have the spiritual or mental capacity to speak things into you. Sometimes people, there's a jealousy thing there that you probably can't see that God, that God would just remove you. He won't even tell you the person is jealous, but he'll just sever that relationship, right? Because of the inward things that are going on with them, because only God knows what they're really thinking while they're talking to you. Only God knows how a person really feels about you. So that's why I don't even question when God says things like that, because you don't know what's being spoken behind closed doors you have no idea what people are saying about you and then as God begins to bless you and elevate you that thing is silently on the other side of that door or on the other side speaking against the purpose and the blessings of God over your life and you have no idea where the warfare is coming from so the, that's why I always pray there is nothing hidden that shall not be revealed and every lie will be swallowed up in the truth and God often, when I pray, that shows me the heart and the, the, the spirit behind the words of people. So it's not enough to, for people to say, Lord, Lord, or God is good, or they listening to a church song, or they're acting. God is showing me, giving me, I have a dis gift of discerning of spirits, right? Because I'm deliverance. That's my mantle. So he'll often show me the motive behind it and the spirit, what it's called behind the individual talking to me. And I love that because a lot of times he'll give it to me in a dream. He'll give it to me uh, just while they're standing there talking to me. He'll he'll he quicken me real quick and give me something. Or he sometimes, guess what? He don't give me nothing. I'm going to say this. Every time, it's not every single time I talk to people. Because it just depends on what the purpose is or the intent of the person who's talking to me. Sometimes he'll just not even put a desire in me to have a relationship with somebody for whatever reason. They're not a part of my story. They're not a part of God's purpose for my life. So we'll talk for that moment and never speak again or see that person again in my life. And he hasn't told me one single thing about the person. And I go with the, go with the flow of the Holy Ghost. So let's talk about friendships. So we have to know that friendships are a gift from God or they can be sent by the enemy. I'm going to say this again. Friendships can be a gift from God or they can be sent by the enemy. God blesses you with friendships and the enemy tries to destroy your life with friendships. You have to be able to discern the difference. And sometimes God would allow you, let me say this, to be in a relationship with people because he has a purpose and a plan to minister to that person at the end of all things. And I'm going to give you an example. Let's go over to the church and how the God, that's, let's talk about the church and the relationship that we have with churches. God sent me into several ministries, several ministries. Early on, I didn't understand what all the warfare was coming from when I went into these ministries, right? It all started out glorious and good and crying and God is good and we love, everybody love each other. But then when it's all said and done, the manifestation of the spirit behind the people started manifesting and I didn't know that it was because of the deliverance mantle I had. I didn't find that out until 2009. I got saved in 2000. 2000. 
So when I'm dealing with people, I'm not understanding why, you know, it's nice. I'm like, I'm being nice, Lord. Like I'm praying for forgiveness. So I'm trying not to walk in offense. Why don't, why don't they like me? You know, it would turn into something horrible to the point, And it, it, it would always come from the leadership. Some of the church members too, but the leadership. And so I'm like, what is going on? And I could not figure this thing out until God um, brought me into another ministry and they began to reveal to me what my mantle and what my calling was. Well, that's what was going on. But for years, I, I didn't even understand why people would act a certain way towards me or didn't like me or, you know, they would have a, a problem with me. And it had nothing. I'm, a, I'm an introvert. So I'm not a nasty person. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. But God knows my heart. You know, I'm the first person that gonna, that's going to pray for you. The first person that somebody called when it's time to pray. And you can't pray for people you don't like. It's, it's not possible. So I'm saying all of that to say, even in relationships with the church, right? You have to know that when God sends you, sometimes he'll send you. This is what I was getting ready to say. He'll send you into a place. And what he does is he allowed the wheat and the tear to grow up together. I'm going to say that again. He'll, he will allow the wheat and the tares to grow up together. And then the reapers, which is the angels of the Lord, will come and separate the wheat from the tare once it has grown up and matured. So what God will have me do, and I started, I had to catch on to this because I was, I was noticing this certain jobs, certain companies, and certain ministries. He will have me go in for a season. And I even received a prophetic word about that, about how God, because of the way I look, you know, I look younger than what I am. And because of, because of my demeanor and the way I dress, you know, because I'm, I'm a casual person, so I'm always dressed down. So a lot of times God will send me into a place and they'll have a different perception of who I am, not knowing that I'm a spiritually mature, you know, not knowing they think that, you know, I'm young in Christ and all that. So... Uh, he would send me into ministries and of course you the bible says your gift make room for you and i would end up being in leadership immediately even in, even in jobs i will always get promoted or i always go from one place to the next level right and what god is doing is not my doing god is actually giving um he's actually giving us a call trying to come through <laughs> he's actually giving us a um A time with the with people right so that they can get to know your heart they can get to know how you really flow in the things of God and they and God can begin to um, allow them to see the fruit of him in your life so that at an opportune time when God is ready for you to give that word to somebody they can receive it because they know your walk so a lot of times God will patiently wait and assign you to people for years and then it will come a time, it's kind of like Esther, when her time came for her to save the Jews. It's like Mordecai told her, who knows if you have been raised up for such a time as this. I have seen repeatedly over my life how God has used me in jobs. He's used me in ministries. He's used me in business relationships. That he would allow me to walk with people for a season, even in my friendships. 
Well, he would he would allow me to be friends people. He would allow me to be friends with them and he would allow me to have relationships. So when the opportune time come, they will have seen your walk, your lifestyle, and they would know without a shadow of a doubt is God speaking to them because of the fruit that is in your life. That's not all the time because he can use a stranger to, to speak into your life. But I'm telling you what has been my experience. So now when I go into places, when I go into churches, when I go into um, different parts of my life, I realize that prophets don't just walk in rooms. They are blown in by the wind of the Lord. There's always a reason and a purpose for what God is doing, for how he, how he uses you. It's always for people. No matter if it's in business, no matter if it's in church ministry, no matter if it's on your career, your job, no matter if it's in friendships, no matter where you are, even if you're sitting in a coffee shop, you know, he chooses to use you at that time. But I'm saying all of this to say that sometimes that he would allow the wheat to grow up with the, the tear. And then at the opportune time, he's going to separate the wheat from the tear once he has ministered to you in all his mercy. And you know that person's spirit. You know that person's walk. You can't do nothing but either receive it or reject it. And you wouldn't know that God was really speaking to you because of the fruit in that person's life. So that's vitally important too. It's not all the time, you know, God told me she was a witch, so don't befriend her. It just depends on the purpose and the plan that God has for that individual if they are part of your story. Because everybody is not a part of your story. Everybody don't need an up close and personal connection with you some people need to be in the audience and some people need to be in the balcony and some need to be in the nosebleed <laughs> but i'm saying all of that to say it's all about god's purpose for your life because relationships are a blessing but they can also be a curse let's go to the next thing so when you're dealing with churches right so when you're dealing with ministries you just have to know that god called you to that ministry Every church and every ministry God has not called us to. I'm going to say this again. Every church and every ministry the Lord has not called us to every church and ministry. I remember a season that I went through once I left uh, one church and God began. I had lost everything I had and he began to have me. I tried to apply for jobs. Y'all know my testimony. If you go back and look at my testimony and I applied for over 200 jobs and couldn't get one. So he began to have me to stay with different family members. And I was in California and Atlanta, Chicago. I was all over the place in different people's houses at, for different periods of time. Right. And at that time, there was a lot of warfare and prayer that God would have me doing in those homes. A lot of prayer and a lot of warfare and a lot of impartation in terms of conversations and things of that nature. And so what I'm saying all of this to say is that God will send you, you know, have you in, in a place or have you in relationships and have you with people for his plan and his purpose. But every relationship and every church um, after I left that one church, I would still, even in my traveling to California, even in my traveling to Atlanta, even in my travel, I was still trying to find a church. And when I tell you every church I went in, it was like I was invisible. People said, hi, when I walked through the door, but that's as far as it, it went. And I can tell that it wasn't the place for me. You know what I'm saying? Not because of that, but I'm saying because there was no um, confirmation in my spirit. It was like I was trying to force my way because I felt like I just needed to be in the church. But then what I really, really realized what God was using me as a mission, my mission was the households I was staying in. Even though once I got to the households, I would try to find a church or apostolic and prophetic church nearby. 
to the point i'm telling y'all i visited so many churches to the point where i just gave up and then he had me to walk with my mentor for three years prior to that you know um and then we would go to a ministry every second and fourth saturday of the month um just going to this ministry that um a friend of hers that he was very anointed and we would go there and have fellowship there but when i tell you you have to be led by the spirit of god because sometimes you will try to force your way into situations that god did not call you in or you have unnecessary warfare in places because the spirit of the lord sometimes is not even in these places and and because you have to do church so bad and not god we want church more than we want god sometimes we force our way into a church and we want to be a part of something so bad but just make sure you're led by the spirit of god and not by obligation obligation will have you to miss your mark it will have you to be disobedient to god and it will have you to be in a wilderness season so just be very careful guys okay and then um what else i want to say because then God would use me at these churches after I've been there and they've seen the anointing and the, you know, the prayer life and all of that. And I would be on the prayer team. Then he would use me to have, give a prophetic word to the leadership. And it's like he had me to walk with them all this time because that's how much God loves us. That's how much God cares. He's God is very patient. And so what he'll use us in, we'll go in because I went in not knowing this. But then after looking back, you know, you see what happened. You was like, well, that was the whole reason why I was there. I'm thinking I'm just, you know, a part of a ministry, you know, to grow and to learn and to do all of this. And God will allow you to still be blessed while you're there and you're still learning because even the bad experiences is still a learning experience. Because if God ever gave you a church after what you went through, you know what not to do and how not to treat people. So everything is still a learning curve. And then he also will teach you the different types of spirits that, that, that are in churches, the different types of spirits that you are dealing with, with people. So it's still a learning experience, even if you don't stay. But at the end of the day, it's still a mission and it's still a purpose for you being there. And I think the last uh, topic I want to talk about, because I talked about that is, of course, you know that in business relationships, we have to be very careful who we partner with in business. We have to be very careful about who we go into business with and how we do business as, as believers. The Bible says God desires a more excellent way. So he desires truth in our inward parts. And as believers, we can't do the things that the world do or try to get over the way the world gets over, right? We have to do things the way God wants us to do so we can be blessed. And that comes in, I still say, the fear of the Lord. When you have respect and a reverential fear of God, you want to do things the right way. You want to have the type of business relationships that glorify God. The Bible says our lifestyle should glorify God. So the last thing I want to talk about is the relationship that we have with food. <laughs> Honey, let me tell you. It, I'm, I'm just going to say this. I'm the perfect person to talk, talk about this and I must tell you why. Because I'm the pers pe person who people call when it's time to go eat. Because they know I love to eat. But you know what? I, after I came off of my, um, not the Jesus fast, it was the fast before the Jesus fast. After I, had a, I did a fast prior to that. But when I came off that fast, something broke in me with them sweets and with the, you know, all of the, the things that weren't good for me. Now, don't get me wrong. I still had a turtle caramel, but I only had one or two or three. I didn't have a bag. So... 
God has uh, really been dealing with me about, you know, eating and I've been doing OMAD, which is one meal a day for a while now. And um, so most of the day I'm in a fast and I like that because it's, I'm able to hear from God. It's no particular reason I'm doing it. At least I, I don't think it's a reason why I'm doing it, but I just noticed that food is not my driving force. Now I'm still going to sit down and have me a nice meal, but that might be the only meal I have for the day. And I and I, I don't know why it's happening like this. I can't even tell you why. It's not like I'm trying to do it. But I know that there's a lot going on and spiritually that God is having me, you know, in transition, guys. I can't wait to um I believe God is getting ready to move me. I'm in transition. So um I just, you know, been doing been staying close to the Lord so I can get precise communication and prophetic precision that I know it's him without a shadow of a doubt right so um, he's been dealing with me as my relationship to food and, and how you don't live to eat but you're just eating to live right and he's really been dealing with me about the Mediterranean diet I am in love with the Mediterranean diet I don't know if it because that's the diet over there in Israel or that's the type of food that they eat over there but I'm telling you when I tell you my whole diet has changed I've lost I just came from the doctor actually getting on the scale. I've lost about six or seven pounds and I've been trying to do that refined sugar, do away with that and do away with the um, sweets and that refined and them carbs. Now I still do low carb, but, uh, but I baby, I was a carbon and out carbon <laughs> connoisseur. So he's been dealing with me as my relationship to food because sometimes your relationship to food can be a God. You don't know how addicted you are to to something until you can't have it, until you have to do away with it. That tells you a lot about yourself. So he's been dealing with me about that and dealing with me about my health. You know, I've always been a green juice type of person. That's I'm always doing some kind of green juice and everybody know me, you know, my family from doing some type of green concoction or some type of recipe some healthy organic i've always been known for that you know uh over the years you know especially since 2007 or 6 i've really took a turn at that point but strongly now more than ever just getting away from the refined sugar and the carbs um and some people can eat that and they are fine so this is this is not for the masses this is for me specifically some people can eat bread and they don't you nothing happens i eat one piece of bread and it look like i'm five months pregnant so whatever bread does to my stomach so i have to eat fermented either fermented sourdough bread or i have to do like a rye bread or just don't do no bread at all you know but i had the bread was my baby when i tell y'all love me so i can eat bread and cheese and be happy I used Italian food is my favorite food but when I tell you now I'm on he got me on this Mediterranean kick like yesterday I ate um I cooked me a soup and I did spinach and kale with uh tomatoes uh diced roasted tomatoes a little quarter of a cup of heavy whipping cream and then I uh did some celery carrots onions and um uh what else celery carrots onions and garlic fresh garlic and then i put some chicken stock in there and then i bake me two chicken legs and then i end up putting those two chicken legs you know i put some garlic and onion and season and that and when i tell you i eat off of that for about a week i like i have a big pot of soup now and i put fresh kale and fresh uh spinach in there and also what did i what did, oh and the chickpeas garbanzo beans and uh, fresh onions and garlic. And when I tell you, it is amazing. So he's changing my palate. He's changing 
the things, you know, my I noticed that it's not as hard for me to pull back from sweets and from carbs as it used to be. Um, I'm walking more in a, and, and you know, and God knows your heart, even if you never even say it. He knows, because I always be like, oh my God, why did I eat that? After I eat it, why did I eat that? Why did I do that? Now my stomach hurting, you know, that is, you know, I'm always talking about something. But anyway, so I just wanted to say, so our relationship with food can sometimes be a God to us, or we can be an idol. Believe it or not, it really can. Food is meant to be enjoyed, not worshiped. So I just thought that I'd just say that the Holy Spirit just had me say that. So that's it. That's all, guys. I just want to chime in and I just wanted to love on you guys and just give you guys some of the godly wisdom in relationships and relationships, you know, as it pertains to work, as it pertains to co-workers. And just let me say this before I go with the co-worker thing and with the workplace. Workplace can sometimes be bondage to us. It can be a blessing to have a job and it can be a, a bondage for some. And I'm telling you, you better know that you're following God and not following obligation because obligation will have you to miss your abundance. Whatever, because, you know, this is a, a, a faith thing with the body of Christ. This is a faith thing being in the kingdom of God. It's all about faith. There's no, it's no other way. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. But I want to say this before I go. Don't look to work to get validated. Don't look for work to get validated by people. It's nice. It's a bonus if we find friends while we're at the workplace. But guess what? If nothing happens, it's still a bonus because we have the income and God has blessed us with the career or with the job. So don't go to work looking for validation from people. Get that from your heavenly father or from your family, your, your spouses or your children. You don't get that from your family. If you go to work to look for validation and to look for um, people to, to validate you or people to uh, like you, you know, or get along. You, you Being in the kingdom, we're professional people and we work in a spirit of excellence. We do our job to the best of our ability as unto the Lord. But at the end of the day, don't go to job looking for things that God has never told you to get from that job. If you come out of that job with some friends, that's a bonus. But that is not the end all be all. I just wanted to say that because I know a lot of people go to work and they are so saddened because people don't like them or they don't fit in or the clique don't invite them to lunch. Bump that garbage. That is not eternal value. That has The enemy wants us to be so bombarded with foolery. So get your validation from Jesus. You are loved perfectly. And the perfect love of God casts out all fear. So there's no need for jealousy. There's no need for resentment. There's no need for fear, right? Jealousy is simply a person fearing that they're going to be replaced. That's all jealousy is, a fear of being replaced. And you are fearfully and you are wonderfully made. Until the next time, I will see you guys in the next video. Bye, loves.